All right. I'm sitting here with Kelly Laporta. Love her so much. Um, Kelly became a mom about 18 months ago. And so, as those of you who are our moms know, becoming a mom is no joke. No joke. No joke. A lot of changes. And uh, so we thought it might be great for us to do a podcast with a mom who's recently a mom so that she could talk about, like, what are the therapeutic issues that you see with people? Mm -hmm. What are the things that you notice within yourself? Experiencing things ourselves always deepens our Mm -hmm. understanding of things. And so I thought it'd be super helpful for people to be able to hear from you about, Mm -hmm. like, what what have you been learning about yourself and about the process of becoming Mm -hmm. a mom? Um, And talking about that sort of through the lens of being a therapist as well so let's talk about that great um you know i think when talking about just being a new mom probably the most important topic to address and the thing that i see the most is um, postpartum depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. that's so hard yeah and um this is depression or anxiety that's experienced after childbirth and it it affects about 20% of women. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Although I kind of wonder sometimes if that's if a low more. estimate because yeah. there's such a stigma around it. Yeah. Um, but there's a biological basis to postpartum depression and it's changes in the brain and body that happen after pregnancy. Yeah. So our bodies undergo a huge drop in hormones after we go through childbirth and that just wreaks havoc mm-hmm. on our bodies and our moods. Um, and for a small percentage, it can it can be really tough. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's so great that, that you're saying there's a biological oh, yeah. reason, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think a, a lot of times when women are experiencing that, there's a sense of failure about like there's something wrong with me that yes. I'm feeling so desperate inside and feeling so numb or whatever it yes. is that she's experiencing. Yeah. And it's so important to recognize that postpartum is biological. Yes. Biological. And there's every reason in the world where you might be experiencing that. And I think you're naming something really important is that there's there's this stigma around yeah. um, postpartum depression. And I've been thinking about that a lot lately. And I think that this st- stigma comes from maybe the expectations that we put on women before they have a mm, baby. Yeah. And so you hear like, this is going to be the most like transformative time of your right. life. You're going to just love this baby. Like you've never loved anything and mm-hmm. it's going to be so special. Um, but some moms actually don't feel any of those things. Right. And they actually might feel the complete opposite of those right. things. They might right. feel despair and loneliness and disconnection. Mm-hmm. And I think that those moms, think okay well something must be terribly wrong with right, me right. Um, and I can't tell anyone about it mm. I can't let anyone know that mm-hmm. this is going on um, when in fact it has nothing to do with their competency as a mom but more of just this biological thing that's happening right in their brain right yeah so important mm-hmm. to recognize that piece of it so yeah. that that people are encouraged to go and get help and to talk to people who know about this and have have some ways to offer resources and medication if that's necessary and all all the things absolutely yes and that kind of brings me to my my next point is kind of what do we do if if we're one of those 20 percent that you know is really experiencing severe postpartum depression and anxiety and um 
I, I just want to go through a few things that I would Great. recommend to Great. anyone if you're out there and you're going through this. Um, for one, this is a time to pull on all your resources. So um, you want to ask yourself, how can I get more help from my partner, from my friends, and from my community? Um, can I get a nanny? Whatever it takes to give you a little bit more freedom, this is the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it really does take a village mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to raise sure kids. And I think that... Uh, you know, as civilization has kind of progressed, we're, we're doing it more alone, yeah, but I yeah. think that there is something to having a village helping Absolutely. you out in those times. Yeah. Um, and second of all, I would say this is time for self-care. So mm. you got to make a lot of time for you. You are in this new season and you have this little creature who's completely dependent on you and it's, it's, it's sucking a lot from you. So you right. need a lot of time to recharge. Um, whatever that might be for me. Um, and this is maybe for a less severe case, right? Mm-hmm. It would be, I needed a lot of breaks to go to Target. So yeah. I would go to Target <laughs> and I'd get my coffee and I'll walk around yeah. for an hour by myself. Look at pretty looking things. Looking at all the pretty things. Uh-huh. Um, but whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the more severe cases of postpartum, I would say, um, Therapy would be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Therapy can address a lot of the things that come up, like mourning the loss of who you were. I see this with a lot of right. women who right. come in and they're like, I've lost myself. I don't know yeah. who I am anymore. Um, recreating this new identity as a mom. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe some marital issues that come along that yeah. can be helpful. Um Support groups, also really helpful. I have heard from some postpartum moms that their support groups have been the key to their healing mm, because great. they're in this place where, you know, people are saying, me too. And like, yes. those are the two words we need to hear when we're yes. in this really hard season. Like, yeah. I'm I'm in this too. I've gone through this. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, medication is a great option for mm-hmm. um, women who are going through postpartum. If there's serotonin stuff going on in our brain, to fix right. that is crucial and right. really important. Yeah, if you're a court low on serotonin, you know, you can't really think your way through that. <laughs> you can't really think your you way through that. You can't fill that up with, like, I don't know, a cup of tea. <laughs> yes, you can't. No, you can't. And I think that, you know, it makes me think, like, we... I think our culture tells women, try harder. Just yes. try harder. Just get yes. through it. Get through it. But trying harder doesn't work for mental illness. Yeah. This is a non-effective method yep. to get through anxiety or depression. Yep. You need some outside support. Right. How do yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Let, let's say somebody's struggling with sure. some depression. How do mm-hmm. they know if their level of depression is a because, clinical level yeah. or like that, that that they need some significant mm-hmm. support? Because like as you were saying, there's, there's this shift in like, my identity as a person, mm-hmm. my marriage, mm-hmm. um, my whole life is changed. Sure. And so those things are, you know, those things are going to wreck you no matter what, yep. right? Yep. How do we know when we've mm-hmm. gotten to like a clinical level where it's like, this is postpartum mm-hmm. and we need some help? Sure. Yeah. So I think you're kind of naming that baby blues, which mm-hmm. is a little bit different mm-hmm. than postpartum. And baby blues affects about 80% of people, yeah. right? And it's it's kind of just that mourning and that tra- yeah. the transition. That's going to be more marked by tearfulness, mm. um, some sadness and questioning about, you know, who, who you are. It's going to be more of a low-grade depression, and okay. it's not going to last longer than about four weeks. So okay. if you're getting to the point where it's after four weeks and you're still feeling pretty low, yeah. that might be time to check in. Okay. Um, also, if, you know... If it's really severe, you're gonna. It's gonna be marked by um, 
more intense depression, mm-hmm. maybe some thoughts that you are kind of shocking yourself with. Right. And that's when you really are noticing, okay, I really need treatment. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. people will report mm-hmm. feeling terrified about feeling like yes. I'm, I'm worried that I'm going to harm my baby yes, or yes. harm myself. Yes. Right. And mm-hmm. these, it's not normal for me to think like that, but I am right now. And yep. you know, it's terrifying to yes. be experiencing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and postpartum anxiety, another piece of that is there's this normal new mom anxiety, mm-hmm. right? But when it becomes chronic and you can't sleep because you are so worried about what's happening with your baby yeah. in bed and if they're alive and it, yes. that you know that would be something to look into when right. your mental health is really suffering because yeah. of this stuff that's going on yeah um, upstairs yeah good mm-hmm. good you know it kind of reminds me of um, Brene Brown who's the shame researcher that you've talked a lot uh-huh. about in your podcast the genius Brene Brown genius mm-hmm. and she says that um, the biggest cultural shame message that women have internalized is do it all, do it well, and don't let them see you sweat. (laughs) (laughs) And I think we can all relate with that. 100%. And I I think that this is so relevant in this talk about postpartum Mm -hmm. and um, it really keeps us from seeking the help that we need. Yeah. 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 So I think the big message that Mm -hmm. that you're communicating right now, Kel, is that having a baby, becoming a mom is a game changer for a lot of parts of you. And Mm -hmm. that feeling some depression or anxiety is completely normal and probably inevitable Mm -hmm. for most Mm -hmm. people, right? Like, just not being in charge of your own life anymore is huge, right? Huge. Like it's not that different than mm-hmm. being in jail. Yes, right. <laughs> We're like a lot of similarities. Somebody else is in charge mm-hmm. of when you're sleeping and when you're not, and when you can eat and yes. when you can't. You're and not in charge of yourself anymore. Yeah, you're not. You 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 can't really go out and do whatever you feel like doing, Mm-mm. right? So it's like it's a big big shift. Yeah. And especially mm-hmm. if you're um, even even maybe more so for women who are becoming moms, maybe in their 30s or even 40s, it's like, wow, I've lived a lot oh, of man. life where I had autonomy, mm-hmm. and now that is really shifted, and that is really really hard to adjust yeah, to. Absolutely, and I would say for those moms too, it's okay to seek help, even if it's not at this clinical yes level. Yeah, of like I feel like I'm gonna hurt my baby or I can't get out of bed or anything. right. Even if you're just needing uh, someone to talk to, yeah, and work through some of those transitions, I think that's important. Yeah. I think being in I groups with that. other moms is crucial. Like mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not sure how I would have survived or my children would have survived childhood yes. without me having other moms in my life who I could say, oh my gosh you know, this is what happened last night, or I can't sleep and I feel like I'm losing my mind. And having other moms say, uh-huh, same, same, same. It's super helpful. It's so normalizing. Because for many of us, the first go-to is, I'm doing this wrong. It's yes. hard because I'm doing it wrong. Oh, yeah. And especially with the internet these days, yes. too, right? It's yes. like all we see is the highlights mm-hmm. and the images of people who are cuddling with their baby right. and have their coffee and makeup on. And that just right. is not real life all the time. Right, and so right. you can really start thinking, I'm doing, I'm, I'm a failure. Right. Yeah, and if, mm-hmm. if in your life you haven't showered for three days <laughs> yes. and you haven't slept more than two hours a night and you're about to scream at everybody on the planet, it's like, yeah, uh-huh, that's, that's being a mom. <laughs> yes. That's what it's like. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, so, Kel, one of the things that I 
I remember, you know, so much of what you're talking about, even though my kids are in their 20s, like all of it still feels very fresh and alive. It's like, I remember all of that. Um, what are some of the things that you're, you're experiencing as a newer mom and hear other women who are becoming moms? What are the things that you're hearing about? Like, these are the pressures that oh, they're yeah. feeling. Yeah, I think that I felt, and I know that moms I've worked with feel just a tremendous pressure to do this mom job really, really, really well. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we put a little bit of an unrealistic expectation on ourselves to do this. Um, I mean, think about it. We're entering this new season and we're signing up for this huge job that we have zero past experience mm -hmm. with, right? And it's the most important job in the world. Right. <laughs> and no we, pressure. No pressure. <laughs> none at all. And yeah. um, we are expected to not only manage it, but to be really, really good at it. Mm -hmm. And to be really, really good at it while we are not sleeping, yeah. completely exhausted, maybe experiencing some physical pain from mm -hmm. postpartum complications or breastfeeding. Yes. Some emotional pains and baby blues and with a crying baby attached to us and getting yeah. no time to ourselves, right. and we are told do this well right. no other job in the world right we have that amount of stuff going on and to be expected to do mm -hmm. this really well and, and you're not allowed to go to the bathroom when you need yeah, to and you can't go to the bathroom <laughs> so just hold it yeah it's we we just need to have more compassion on ourselves mm -hmm. as we adjust to this new job it doesn't happen overnight it yeah. takes time like anything we're practicing we're learning we're trying to become better but right. you don't just have a baby and know, know what to, to do no no and then mm -hmm. when you go outside you're going to get endless um endless feedback from everyone on the planet oh yes it's like the baby mm -hmm. the baby looks too cold why does the baby not have socks on why does the baby have a hat on why why don't you cover that baby why don't you uncover that baby right oh, like yes. everybody has an opinion everyone about what you're opinion. doing that's really tricky and i i wonder about that too i don't know when you were a mom uh -huh. if, if there was still that kind of oh, comparison for sure. so this is just for been, sure and now again Forever. with the internet we have yeah. loads of information right everyone right. feels like they're the expert right they know what to do right and so that is a really tricky part mm -hmm. is you know not only managing your own expectations but the expectations that others are putting on right. you i know i really struggled with that yeah yeah well and i think um you know, if you're a person who worries about doing things well anyway, which many of us are, right? Like one of the ways that we cope with that is to come up with the right answers to things, right? Yes. So sometimes we are not only punishing ourselves by like, I, I read this book and so I have to do it this way. Yeah. But then we start punishing other moms mm -hmm. about like, mm, I wouldn't do it that way if mm -hmm. I were you. Like I read this book. Did you read so-and-so? <laughs> this is what they said. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're sort of grasping for like some handholds of like, yeah. how am I supposed to do this? And we find something that either somebody out there has said is the right way or that resonates in some way. And we mm -hmm. hold on to that like a dog with a bone. Mm -hmm. And and we, we use that as like, it, it has to look like this. Mm -hmm. And I need to do this and other people need to do this too. So we can, we can be real cruel to ourselves and to others. And so maybe what you're saying is it's kind of meeting our own need for control. Yes. In this good. Like yes. Season that feels really out of control. Yes. And so we have to cling to that. Right. To make us feel better about right. what we're doing. Right. Yeah. Do you have suggestions mm -hmm. about how to respond mm -hmm. to people who are telling yeah. you how to raise your baby? Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I remember 
when I had Sela, a lot of things didn't go the way that I mm. was planning on going it with yeah. the labor and with the post delivery. And I think a few weeks after I had her, I actually was talking to you about everyone's opinions mm-hmm. <laughs> about what I was doing. And one thing that you had said that really resonated was, you know, Kelly, everyone's going to have their own opinions and um, largely this is going to be about their own projections and mm-hmm. their own insecurities. And I think what I took from that is that everyone is coming to the table with their own stuff, their histories, their pain, their wounds, their personality preferences that inform their parenting choices. And um, that it's not helpful for me to make my parenting choices based off of their yes, stuff. Yes, so good. And so, so good. And now what I try to do is I really try to tune out the noise. So yeah. I, rather than making my metric for successful parenting about what other people expect, I try and really figure out what's going to work best for my family. So yeah. What are my foundational beliefs about parenting? Um, you know, I'm a researcher, so I do like mm-hmm. to see what the, mm-hmm. the longitudinal studies say about sure. certain things. Um, sure. And then also, and most importantly, um, for me, how are my past wounds impacting my parenting? Yes. And this is That's how huge. I decide how to become a parent rather than what everyone else is saying. Good, good. Mm-hmm. So in the mm-hmm. moment, yeah. somebody's coming at you in the oh. grocery store, what do you do? <laughs> mm-hmm. So what would they say? Um, I, your baby looks cold. I think you should put a blanket on her. Thank you for your feedback. <laughs> Thank you for your feedback. Thank you for your feedback. Okay. And then I leave that at that. Great. Mm-hmm. Great. What about family mm-hmm. members? Like people who matter way more yes. than strangers. Mm-hmm. I'm about to become a grandma, right? Yes. Like next year I'm going to be a grandma. And I want to mm-hmm. make sure I don't make a lot of classic. I'm sure I'll make a million mistakes, but I don't want to sure. make the classic ones. <laughs> I'd like to like prevent that. So yeah. like people who love you, yeah. who love your baby, mm-hmm. but who might be like, I don't know if I would do it mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I think that you may have to coin some sort of statement, right? Yeah. Something along the lines of, you know, this is... Back the F up? No, not that. Not that. That's (laughs) too much. Okay, got it. (laughs) Maybe um, this is is what we've decided is right for us. Mm -hmm. You know, I can see that you care, and this is what we've decided is right for us. Oh, that's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. You can acknowledge them. Yeah. They're trying to be helpful. Yeah. and then also say, you're putting up a boundary at that point. Yeah. I mean, I think that statement, while it's kind, is very firm. Mm-hmm. And so that could be, hopefully that shuts the person down real quick. It's like, yes, got it. You know, got it. Yeah. I, I understand mm-hmm. you don't want, you don't want this kind of unsolicited advice. Right. right. So, so it's great to have a statement like that where mm-hmm. it's very clear. I'm not leaving room for all your big ideas. Yes. Because absolutely. we've already, we've already thought this through. Mm-hmm. We're doing our own thing mm-hmm. here. Just like you did your own thing, yep. I'd like to be able to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that it's less common for people to be so blatant about it. Um, yeah. Like, your baby's cold, or you should be doing okay. this, or mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it feels like subtleties. Yeah. And that's why for me, it was more important to work out internally the subtleties I was picking up on, what that said about me. Um, yeah. It, it was it was kind of more under the surface, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Like an eye roll. An eye or roll. A, or a, a side eye. A side eye. All the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it says a lot, right? It communicates contempt. Yes. Right? Yes. An like, underhanded comment. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. That's so that's so common. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about breastfeeding, Cal, because 
this is such a big, mm. it's such a big conversation, and there's mm. so much judgment about mm. about breastfeeding, not yeah, breastfeeding. It's like hard. it's it's so hard, and women who are trying to breastfeed and then have real difficulties yeah. doing that for what, a, a million different reasons. Why um, they're they're often getting a lot of um, disapproval or disappointment yeah. from people around them about like not being able to do yeah. this. It's such a natural thing; it should just work, mm-hmm. and and so often it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's endless judgment about that. Or yeah. if you decide to not even try and you're mm-hmm. like, I'm just going straight for this and I have reasons why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And there are, again, a lot of reasons why that might be the smartest thing mm-hmm. for you to do. Mm-hmm. How? T- talk to us about that, what that's like for Gosh. you and what you've been well, learning there. Yeah, I mean, my own experience, I wasn't able to breastfeed. So mm-hmm. I just had a baby that just was not having it. Yeah, um, Went to lots of... Um, lactation consultants, lots of lactation groups, and it just it wasn't working for me. Got yeah. mastitis, the whole you oh, know, nine geez. years. Pretty that, terrible. I've had that. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty yeah, terrible. It's pretty terrible. Yeah. And for me, it was really coming to the choice of what is going to be better for Sayla in these really early mm-hmm. weeks is a really attuned and attentive mom. Good. And I was not those things right, <laughs> when right. I was trying to breastfeed and struggle. And yeah. so it was really tough. I mean, that's probably one of my most you know, painful memories from those mm. early weeks. I really wanted to do it yeah. and couldn't. Um, and so I would just say, I think we as women just need to offer a lot of grace right. to other women in that and to trust that we don't always know mm-hmm. the reasons why, you know, someone doesn't do something. And really, these kids all end up yeah. fine. <laughs> right. Formula I think that's the big picture, fed. right? Like, come on. We're yeah. all fine. No yeah. one's asking you when you're 40, were you formula fed or breast yeah. fed? And we can tell the difference. And we can tell the difference. Right, right. right. Yeah. I think it's, we've got to have that big picture mentality. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. what would you say to a woman who's like, she's mm-hmm. in, in your shoes, right? Yeah. Trying desperately to do it. Yeah. And for a million reasons, it, it isn't working. Her baby's mm-hmm. not getting enough. Mm-hmm. What would you tell her? I would say... Give that baby a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's okay. And this doesn't yeah. say anything about you. Right, right. You're actually being a good mom in some ways mm-hmm. by showing up for yourself and taking care of yourself so that you can love this baby more. Mm-hmm. Fed is best. I mean, that's the big campaign. I oh, think. that's good. Fed is best. Yes. Love that. Rather than breast is best. It, fed is best. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, that your job as a mom is to help your baby be healthy and yes. grow, right? And yes. however you need to do that, mm-hmm. great. Yes. However it works. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Nice. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's talk some more about expectations yeah. of self because it's, it's so big, right? Yep. Like um, uh, one of the things that I remember feeling a lot is I should always know what my child needs. And I remember, I remember when Katie, who was my first, was born um, – <clears throat> people coming to visit and she was maybe a few days or whatever old and mm-hmm. she was crying mm-hmm. and somebody said to me, what's wrong? Like, what does she need? I'm like, I don't know. I just met her. <laughs> right. So I'm just like, yes. I'm trying to figure this out. I don't know. Right. Right. That's a huge, um, expectation for you, yes. you know, yeah. to have to meet. There's just no way these are non verbal 
Yes. Babies. Right. Right. And it takes months and months to learn your baby's cues. That does not happen overnight. So out the gate, you should not expect to be able to differentiate your baby's cries in the first three days or whatever. So you're saying months and months. Months and months. Yes. And then you start to learn. And that's just the process of attaching and learning your baby. I mean, that does not happen overnight. That's her happy cry. Or that's her, that's her, I'm, I'm wet cry. That's her hungry cry. That's her scared cry. We can't do that with adults sometimes, no, right? We can't. Like we meet them and we get to know them and then we start to learn their subtleties and their cues. Yeah. And we can talk. Yeah. We can say, Hey, I'm kinda hungry, so can we hold off on this conversation right. until I get my Chipotle or whatever. <laughs> right. I can't hear you right now yes. because I'm too hungry. With babies, I mean, it's a guessing game. Yeah. Good. Mm. I think that's so helpful. Mm. Months and months and months. Months and months. Great. Yep. It's not actually natural to go from, you know, an independent woman to having something that is completely dependent on you all the time. That mm-hmm. is not a natural experience. This mm-hmm. takes time for it to become more natural, right? Yeah. It's like you're entering into a new normal. But to expect that this is going to feel good and normal right, right. away, right. you'll yeah. be disappointed. Right. Yeah, I can't just get out of bed and jump in my car and go somewhere. Right. I've got about 5,000 things to do, mm-hmm. and then i got to take that baby with me. Mm-hmm. And she might hate the whole thing. Yes. And then I might not be able to do the thing that I was planning to do because my baby just blew out her diaper. Right. And, and you don't have to love all that. Right. You know? Good, good. You don't have to love all that. No, you can say this part sucks. sucks. This yes. is not fun. Yeah. Yeah, and it goes back to the idea of... Um, feeling like you should know there's so much you you pressure yourself to know about this Mm -hmm. when when really I feel like I would be a much better mother now (laughs) after parenting Mm -hmm. for 28 years yeah than I was then for sure right Mm -hmm. now it feel like oh there'd be so much that would feel like more natural to Mm -hmm. me now that would make sense to me now that would Mm -hmm. seem common sense to me now but that's a couple of decades after a lot of experimentation. Yes, absolutely. Do you think there's ways to make it more natural? Oh, geez. I, I think in some ways, like, listening to yourself is really mm. important. I feel like one of the regrets I have mm. is that I spend a lot of time trying to figure out what everybody else mm. thought was right. Mm-hmm. And that at the end of the day, what I really needed was to just listen to myself mm. And say, what feels intuitively right to me for this baby in this moment? And I might not, for sure, I wouldn't always know that. But I think uh, I think that's an important question for moms to allow themselves to ask themselves. Like, what do I think yes. my baby needs? And give that a shot mm. first rather than, than relying so heavily on what the experts mm. or the girlfriend or the... Grandma. You know, the grandma, what they say. It's like, yeah, yeah that, that could be super helpful. Mm. But part of what should be in play is, mm. does this feel right to me? Mm. Does this feel like what my baby needs right now? Yeah. I'm not sure. And there's a little bit of freedom in that, I think, too, to make decisions based off of your intuition, what yeah. your gut is telling you, rather than trying to like hustle and f- figure out the right way. Mm-hmm. And I like that you named that this particular baby, right? Every yes. baby's different. And yeah. so a rule book doesn't work. Right, right. The same way for one baby as it does for mm-hmm. the other. Mm-hmm. 
And maybe to be kind with yourself, you know, while you're figuring out what that baby needs. Right. Right. Recognizing that I'm completely inexperienced Mm -hmm. and I'm going to, I'm going to be making this up as I go. (laughs) And so I'm going to make endless mistakes Mm -hmm. and somehow it's still going to be okay. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And just allowing, allowing for that to be the truth, not just for you, but for everyone. It's always true that this is the first time you become a mom is always the first time you become a mom. Even if you did a lot of babysitting or even if you helped raise your siblings, right? Like the first time this is your baby is your first time and it's going to be challenging no matter what. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It kind of makes me think too, what I do often see, especially with women in the church and Mm. Enneagram twos Mm -hmm. is that there is they've their whole life been in this role of serving and sacrificing and doing whatever it takes right and then Mm -hmm. they have a baby and they're like oh I actually need help now I need to reach out I need to get help and um just thinking of that expectation that they place on themselves and kind of how to surrender that a little bit, yeah. let go and accept it. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. as an Enneagram too, that was one of the really hard things. I clearly needed mm-hmm. help and it was really hard for me to ask for yeah. it. I'd have to be like deathly ill right, before right. I would ask for help because it felt like I should be able to do this by myself. Like right. I don't want to burden other people and you know, all the things, right? So I, I do feel like that's, a, that's certainly a regret. I wish I had asked for more help. I wish that I had done what it took, mm-hmm. like... If you need to spend money you don't have right now to keep yourself sane, you should do that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we'll worry about that yep. later. Um, but uh, taking care of yourself and asking for the help that you need, even when it feels hard and wrong, yeah. can really save you. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. Okay. So let's talk about how becoming a mom changes the mm-hmm. marriage dynamic. Mm-hmm. Or the relationship dynamic, right? Because it, it ha- it's a pretty big shift yeah. there too, mm-hmm. right? Like um, oftentimes people, when they're pregnant, they're saying, well, we're just going to keep doing the same things that we always do. Mm-hmm. And the baby's just going to come along. And then and then you meet your baby who likes to scream for four hours and nobody wants your baby to come along, right? So like, yes. Um, yes. yeah, what, what are some of the changes that you've noticed? Yeah, I mean, I think in the beginning, um, looking back, it would have been helpful to know that we are both at our most exhausted, mm-hmm. um, like almost like this primal exhaustion, yeah, protective state that's just yeah. like not <laughs> really, you know, us, and yeah. um, and so we weren't functioning on all cylinders, mm-hmm. and also we both had uh, expectations of each other that maybe weren't named before the baby came. So I had hopes that you are going to do these things yes. and he had hopes that I would do these things. And so that would bring up a lot of conflict that we had to talk through and work mm-hmm. through. Um, you know, a lot of insecurities come up with having a baby too. Yeah. And so um, that can be r- really disconnecting for couples mm-hmm. or it can be really connecting if you use that as an opportunity to really turn into each other and say like, hey, this yeah. is what's coming up for me right yeah. now. So in a lot of ways... It bonded us um, in ways that we hadn't bonded. Hmm, and that's cool. In a lot of ways, we were challenged. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think that's inevitable. The challenging piece of that is for sure going to happen. Um, I think one of the common dynamics that happens mm-hmm. a lot in relationships is that um, oftentimes um, moms are are 
we're sort of obsessed with our babies, right? Because because of all the things we talked about yes. earlier, mm-hmm. all the things we're worrying about. And so it's not uncommon at all for partners to say, gosh, I feel like I am not even on your mm-hmm. list of people you care about right now because you're so hyper-focused on the mm-hmm. baby. Mm-hmm. And I lost my spot, Yep. right? Yep. I think that's that's very, very common. Obviously, like in the early in the early days, People aren't being physically intimate because that's pretty impossible mm-hmm. with all that's gone on down there yes. <laughs> and um, all of that. But that that can that exhaustion can also lead to further disconnect yeah. because we just we don't have the energy to be intimate with each other either. Um, but but even you know moving forward, oftentimes m- moms are the the baby becomes the new important mm-hmm. relationship, and we're investing all or most of our emotional energy in that it's hard on the men yeah 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 Yeah, they're getting kind of left behind definitely i've definitely seen that show up Mm -hmm. and it's tough because you're not thinking in your spare time let's have a conversation and connect you're thinking let's sleep let's sleep yes that's all you can think about all you can think about is let's sleep and so it does take time to kind of find your balance again before you can even consider Yeah. yeah going back into those yeah, deeper places with your spouse. Yeah, and I think for some some folks, we see that like this carries on into you know many many years where it's like the children become everything mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. moms, and um, it's easy for that to happen. Um, and it's one of the things we have to pay attention to is mm-hmm. am, am I am I, do I still have my partner on the radar? Mm-hmm. Um, because ultimately that that relationship is really necessary for my children too. It's necessary for me. I might not feel that right now because I'm being touched constantly or, you know, like mm-hmm. there's always someone laying on top of me. Right. And I can't really tolerate another person <laughs> yes. touching me. Um, so, but, but can we try to keep that mm-hmm. on our radar and recognize that like if this goes on too long, this is going to cause some trouble between us. Like we're going to get more and more disconnected the longer I go. And even if it doesn't feel like something I want to do right now, can I engage in a conversation that says, I I recognize that I like really have not paid any attention to you for a long time. And I'm Mm. so exhausted and all the things, Mm. but I I want you to know that like, I'm hoping to find Mm. my way back to you. And yeah, you know, can you help me with that? You know, just talking about the fact that the disconnection is happening. Yeah. And maybe even carving out space for you to yeah. more intentionally, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, if mm-hmm. exhaustion's a big problem, then getting some caretakers right in so you can go have some of those conversations. Yeah, it feels really important. Yeah, get out and try to have some fun. Yeah, it's yeah. so hard. Even if you sleep through a movie together, yeah, you're still, at least you're together. <laughs> at least you're together. <laughs> that might be all you can do in the early days. Right. We're gonna go sit in a movie theater yes. and like rest our heads on each other. That's that's what we're doing. <laughs> Whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Kel, some mm-hmm. closing thoughts about what, what do you want to say to young moms who are just starting out on this big journey? Yeah. Um, I think that oftentimes we get pretty preoccupied with this new birth of a child, which, of course, is very important. Uh-huh. Um, and we also need to keep in mind that not only is this a birth of a child, but it is a birth of a new mom. And mm-hmm. so we give a lot of care and dedication to these babies, but we also need um, care and dedication towards ourselves in those early months and just taking time to figure out who we are, who we're going to be as a mom, um, nurturing ourselves in that time and just really uh, showing a lot of 
compassion to ourselves as we figure this out mm-hmm. on this journey. Yeah, and and I I would also say you know spending some time talking with girlfriends mm. or other people who are important in your life about like what is this like for you beyond what it's like to have a baby? Mm-hmm. What is it like for you that like maybe you're not at your job as mm-hmm. much or maybe you had to drop out of school to mm-hmm. have this baby or maybe mm-hmm. some dreams you had had to be put on hold about like some creative project you were about to start. Um, maybe, maybe it's gotten in the rear, the the way of a career development step you wanted to take and you're like, gosh, I didn't know this was going to be so hard or it was going to take so much out of me and yeah. I feel like I'm losing a part of myself mm-hmm. um, because I've become a mom. I think that stuff is so important to talk about and to share it without judgment about yourself because any other mom in the room Mm -hmm. is going to go, I know exactly what you're talking about. I feel that same, Mm -hmm. same, right? Like we're all, we're all feeling that. So allowing yourself space to think about, talk about um, how you're seeing yourself differently and the losses that are involved in that, as well as of course the gains in that, but, but to really acknowledge the losses and to say, it's okay to be sad that I can't go to Starbucks anytime I want to and I can't fit into the clothes that I used to wear like all the things right there's yes. so many don't things don't be happy about these things yeah and my hair is falling out <laughs> not the baby was born and my skin is super weird and, mm-hmm. or maybe my skin is beautiful <laughs> maybe we could maybe we're not grieving that right. but like allowing yourself to notice and and acknowledge mm-hmm. the things that are lost mm-hmm. um, as well as you know, oh my gosh, this adorable baby. Did you see the look she just, did you see what she just did with her face? Yeah. Was that not amazing, right? Like those moments are so beautiful and precious. Um, so doing both, allowing yourself to both be sad and to also be like over the moon about yeah. this gorgeous child that's in your life now. Right, which feels like a more whole experience, mm-hmm. right? Just accepting all of those pieces. Yeah, I like that. Good. It's good. All right. Mm -hmm. Thanks. All right. Good being with you. You too.